This is In the Ring with Sumo Heavy, a weekly e-commerce podcast with your hosts, John Suter, Bart Moraz, and Brittany Blackman. In the Ring features interviews with e-commerce leaders, as well as the latest news and strategies to give listeners actionable ideas and inspiration for their e-commerce businesses. The podcast is a production of Sumo Heavy, an e-commerce consulting firm with offices in Brooklyn, New York, and Philadelphia. Find us on the web at sumoheavy.com. Today on the In the Ring, we have Kai Davis. Kai runs Double Your E-Commerce and provides growth and SEO consulting for Shopify merchants. He also writes about marketing growth and lead generation for services services. Wow. Lead generation for service professionals daily at kaidavis.com. Hi, Kai. Welcome to In the Ring. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Let's, you know, uh, hit the bell. Bing, bing. Yeah, the puns of this stuff are amazing. Um, well, <laughs> you and I met a long time ago, and I got to say thank you, uh, partially to you, partially to Brennan Dunn, for uh, get, us, get us, us to the business model we have now, really, and how we do work, especially with what we call some heavy weigh-ins because they're a little bigger than just discovery, but really road mapping and discoveries and why they're paid discoveries and not just a phone call and giving a price to a client. Um, so with that, why is the discovery phase so important when you're starting with a potential client? Oh, there, I have like 14 different ways I can answer this question. It's, it's a big I'll take one, all 14. But- <laughs> the, the top one I like the most really is it's about risk reduction. Like, a new client shows up and he's like, Hey, we've got a problem. We need more traffic for our Shopify store. Can you just, you know, jump in there and start, you know, scooping traffic into the engine. And there are just so many unknowns when it comes to any project between a service provider, an agency, or a client that sitting down and going through a paid discovery session, be it a roadmap, a weigh-in or something else just helps you honestly start to talk through and think through what's the goal this client is aiming for. What's the situation they're currently experiencing where does it hurt, so to speak? And what have they already thought through or considered or tried? But that's only really half of it. As a service professional, as a service provider, you have such a deep specialization and expertise in what you do. By starting with this roadmap, you're able to take these inputs, think through the project, contribute your own insight and expertise, and actually figure out like a true and realistic plan from where the client is today. We got a store. We don't have a lot of traffic. We don't know what to do to what that future vision looks like. Hey, we want to, you know, in five years hit a million visitors a year. What do we need to do to get there? But if you just jump in and start doing what it might be, you might not be heading in the right direction. You might head them in the exact opposite direction. And oh God, we have less traffic now. But I just like a roadmap to identify the risks surrounding a project, start to collaborate and share information and start to define an actual plan for the client to help them move forward. How about for yourself? Uh, What didn't I touch on that you see as a huge benefit? Um, So I, I, um, I literally, my example is always in the building industry for some reason, but um, my easier way to say that is usually when you get on a first phone call and a client asks for a bathroom and then I just deliver an outhouse and they wanted a four spa with multiple sprinklers and stuff like that. That's what that solves. Um, mm-hmm. It gets everybody on the same page, but only like, and also to us, like it goes into deep down of what a person needs or what a client needs from business to technology. It, it's just deep diving with somebody. And unfortunately you really cannot do that in a, 40 minute phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is inappropriate 
and silly to give a price after 30 minute phone call, because I'm sorry, you know, you, you get potential clients going, well, you've built a store like this. I'm like, one t-shirt shop is so different than the other t-shirt shop. That's the deal. Um, and we're professionals. We've been doing this for a long time. You know, that's the job. I think the job is to help clients through this. And unfortunately, or fortunately, that's the one solution that works. No, I, I completely agree. The The standard example that always pops to mind for me is honestly a doctor. Like if a patient walked into a doctor's office and said, my arm hurts, I think it's broken. Can you give me a bunch of painkillers? Any doctor would be like, let's back up like 15 <laughs> steps here. Why do you think your arm is broken? No, I'm not going to give you painkillers. And it's similar with any project. If they're like, you know, just build me a seven figure store. It's like, we, we can't start with that as the goal. We need to back way up and say, okay, what's your business model? What's your experience? What are you selling? Who are you selling to? And if you don't have this information, I think it's nearly impossible to do something that actually benefits the client. You could get lucky, of course, but there's just so much risk that gets introduced when you're like, okay, I'm going to go off and, you know, fix that outhouse, build you a bathroom, whatever it might be, but you don't have a plan. You're just jumping in and making noise and sawdust and it's really not valuable. I don't know when this industry, and this has to be e-commerce, it's just this internet industry became that. I don't understand when, right? Like I get it, it's online, but it, building a store online, it costs as much. It's very complex. There's so much you have to deal with. Um, you know, we had a potential not long ago and they're asking for a price. One of their requirement bullet points was, this is a requirement. Ready? Mm-hmm. Integration into CRM. <laughs> end of end of sentence. End of requirement. <laughs> but so no context. No, are we talking Clavio? Are we talking Salesforce? Are we talking PipeDrive? It's just integration into CRM. End of line. Oy they. Right. So that just gives you like this is why we do that because I don't. It could be a twenty dollar problem. It could be two million dollar problem. So I think that's sort of like, you know, it's a, it's hard to pitch a lot of time. Now the industry is changing. A lot of people are hitting that, the, the road of like, Hey, let's do this, you know? Um, and, and I think paid discoveries are very, very important. Now we call our different because we do a lot more. So ours are pretty long on purpose because we are, you know, we're building a big thing or even an MVP product is that way. Right. The next question is like the cost of discovery. Why, why pay discoveries? Why not have, you know, why clients have asked us, why can't you spend two days with me to do this whole proposal, to do my method, to, to get this project? I, I'm about to start laughing at that question because like, I, it, it just simply boils down to like, when a client asks me for that, I'm like, I'm running a business here. I would love to spend this time for you for free, but would you like to give me, you know, $10,000 of your product for free? Probably not. But we're talking about the exact same thing here. If I or my business just contribute a paid discovery for free, yeah, there's some value there. But A, I as the business owner and I as the business need to be compensated. But even beyond that, I think when you pay for something, you take it more seriously. If somebody, you know, gives me a book as a gift, I'm like, oh, it's a book. Thank you. Maybe I'll read it. But if I go out and buy that book myself and slap down 20 bucks for it, suddenly I'm invested. I've paid for this. I want to get a return out of it. I want to extract this knowledge. And so I often think about it from that perspective. By charging for it, 
we ensure the client takes our recommendations, takes the process seriously, and actually sees it as something valuable. Because if we don't pay for it, suddenly, how different is it than, oh, you know, my uncle has a kid and he does the web stuff and he's going to sit down and talk with me about my project. And that never goes anywhere. That doesn't produce value for anyone. But by charging for this paid discovery, I think it communicates this is valuable. And on top of that, it puts up a little bit of a velvet rope. If we were offering this for free, which some agencies and some businesses do, suddenly you might deal with a problem of, oh gosh, 40 people want you know my free paid discovery. What am I supposed to do? But when you're charging for it, it's so much easier to say, you know, it's 2,000, 4,000, 10,000, whatever it might be. This is how we get started. And suddenly you're able to work with a smaller batch of clients rather than anybody who expresses interest. A lot of thoughts on that one is, I think paid discoveries are more professional, mm-hmm. right? Um, you don't go to a doctor. We talked about this before and say, hey, I need you to look at me first before I go anywhere. You have to pay for that. Attorneys mm-hmm. have the same thing. It's all professionalism. Like this is what we do. You're asking professionals who've been doing this for a very long time to give their time. Time is expensive. It gets to that point. And, and I think – the more agencies, and I've been seeing a lot more of this happening, the better doing this kind of things. Because I think, you know, the, the whole idea of like no RFPs, you can answer RFPs just fine. But I think in industries like this, except for the government side, because that has to happen there, RFPs are bad because you have the client writing. And instead of having professionals come in and actually poke holes at everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is wrong, but like doing RFP from the client side, it's it's like watch looking up. Uh, WebMD to go to a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, like with an RFP, they've self-diagnosed, this is the problem we have. This is the solution we need. Please bid to build us this solution, which you're right. It's a self-diagnosis. It doesn't really get to the critical thinking that a service provider, a professional goes through when they're thinking through, okay, this is where they want to get to. What are the implications of that? What are the costs of that? What are the challenges we've seen come up time and time again from our decades of work in the industry? And when it's an RFP, it's just like you have maybe 10% of that. You have the wish and the dream and some of the information, but not everything that a true paid discovery, a true detailed strategic roadmap helps contribute. Exactly. What do you say to a client that goes, hey, I, I have this problem. I just I just wanted to build. I, I can't go through this process because it's going to slow it down. Your typical startup world, basically, that's where I'm heading. Uh, and I just want to build it fast and I just I, I just want to do it. I typically respond back with one of two questions. The first is, well, why is that? Why is time such a huge pressure here? And I'll let them, you know, share information just so I could better understand it. But oftentimes I might skip to or get to the second question, which is, well, I I understand and respect the need and desire to move fast. But tell me, if we get started and three months into this project, we realize we're heading in the wrong direction and need to start over, what would the implication of that be on your timeline? And 90% of the time they're like, oh, can't you just do it the right way the first time? And I say, yes, I can, which is why we always start with a roadmap so we know what we need to do. And then it's a coin flip. Half the time they're like, ah, bah, no roadmap, we're leaving. And half the time they're like, oh, that makes sense. How do we pay you money? Yeah, it's uh, we we. It's funny because we like to implement a very heavy process. Um, mm-hmm. And we're very particular about it because we know that slow and steady is fast. And that's yep. just one of those deals and slowing them down to just think through stuff. And yes, you might spend two months with us just doing this, just doing the way in and a roadmap and breaking it down. But it makes you think about things that you just never knew. And there's research that goes involved in it. 
and it pushes them into a direction. And then we just build fast. Like mm-hmm. it's funny. We've done them multiple times now and clients go, Oh my God, we, they can't catch up. Right. They have product management on their side and they can't catch up to us because it's like, because if it's clear and concise and you can, and there's a roadmap for a reason, mm-hmm. right. There's a lot of us have been around this world where somebody like you or Brennan or, um, Ben Lee, like all, all the people that have been around sort of doing those kind of strategy things, it, we know it makes sense the, the fastest. And we have clients, we have startups where we've done a weigh-in and they're like, yeah, we can't do this. Just be done. They're like, we, there's no way we're going to build this. Mm-hmm. Or we need to weigh-in to go raise more money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the beauty of those kind of things. And it's great. Nobody wasted in time. Everybody did all the good things, and there's a process to it. Picking up on one of those, early on in my career, when I first started selling roadmaps, I always felt like a sense of internal guilt of like, we did the roadmap, and they're like, oh, this project isn't feasible. But then I realized a couple of years ago, that's probably one of the most valuable outcomes. It's like, you probably have three states of a roadmap, like, oh, this is great, let full steam ahead, or, oh, this is a bad idea. But then you have that murky middle ground of like, it kind of looks good, it might turn out bad, we'll see. And for the client to be able to definitively say, oh, this project doesn't make cost sense, won't get us to where we need to be, doesn't align with our strategic priorities, suddenly they're able to focus so many more resources on the next best idea, the next thing to work on. And so I'll often see this failure state of a roadmap as truly a success point. We've helped the client determine what makes sense for their project. Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, if you think about it, I think it is the best outcome, right? Like, would you rather spend 20 grand on something that is never going to get off the ground or a million dollars and six to eight months later going, Oh crap, we screwed up. <laughs> right. Like, but that's the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. So might as well spend the 20 to figure out, Hey, we probably shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of like, um, you know, let's go, let's go to like the, the, the client side of it. Like, you know, why does it take too long you know, the price of it, all those kind of things. What, what kind of answers can you give sort of like hints to our sort of audience to like, hey, we want to try to do this? Absolutely. So whenever I encounter any of these objections, and I'm sure we're going to touch on a number of the potentials, but whenever I encounter any sort of objection from a client around the concept or the price or the timeline of a roadmap, I take it as a source level objection. It might just be like, this seems weird and different. We don't quite, we're not, you know, grokking it completely. I'm objecting to it. And so I'll often say, thanks so much for sharing that with me. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Because if they say, oh God, this timeline isn't going to work, great, tell me a little more about that. And it might be, we have a meeting with our investors in three months and we need to have some proof of concept or something else. But there's often some external factor driving that objection. And if I can ask a clarifying question or ask the five whys and just get a little deeper on it, I'm often able to better understand what the real issue is. But any of these types of objections, you know, why is it going to take so long? Why does it cost so much? There are direct answers to it. It costs so much because you're leveraging my decades of expertise and insight and specialization in this area. But most of the time they're like, oh, this is going to cost so much. I want to understand, well, where's the value of this project coming from? If this is a success and if we built this thing, how does it make monetary sense for you? And if it turns out, you know, we want to, you know, launch a new website and sell a million dollars of product, well, investing, you know, ten or twenty thousand dollars in figuring out the plan for launching the seven-figure website kind of makes sense. So again, I just take these objections as a sign that there's a little more I need to learn about the client situation 
to be able to defuse or overcome this objection. Right, right. Let's take the other other side of it. Why is it beneficial to agencies and consulting firms to do this as their first engagement, as a paid discovery, as a paid, you know, roadmap type of thing? The first reason is it again reduces risk. You don't have to worry about, oh, the client has self-diagnosed their broken arm and now they're asking for painkillers. What am I supposed to do? You're able to have this clear process that just lets you understand what's happening. Beyond that, I think there's Beyond the risk element, having this as a standard part of your process just lets you understand how projects are going to flow in your business. We start with strategy, we move on to implementation. We start with a weigh-in, we move into a build-out. It just makes it easier to grok instead of like, okay, we've got five clients coming in, two, we're just going to jump in YOLO and figure it out on the fly, three, we're starting with strategy, and suddenly like your process is like, okay, half the time we do this, half the time we do that, what's the better way? We don't know, we're too busy to figure it out. And so I like standardizing on a roadmap just since it makes it simple and easy to know. Again, you start with strategy, you figure out the problem, and then you move into building out whatever it takes to solve that problem. The third and final reason I'll share is I like charging for paid roadmaps because it helps turn away clients. I'm sure all the listeners of this have dealt with, you know, the client who shows up and has the greatest ambitions, but we kind of don't have a budget. Can we just, you know, start off and not pay you anything for a while? What I found is when I clearly communicate, this is how we work. We start with a paid roadmap. These are the benefits. Two-thirds of those no-budget clients just disappear into the bushes. They just vanish like smoke. And suddenly, I don't have to deal with folks saying like, yes, we'd love to work together. But again, can we not pay you money ever? Instead, it's just clearly communicated. This is how I start. This is the value. And this is how much it costs to kick off this project. And it makes it a lot easier when it comes to my sales process or even just business development and lead generation. I don't have as many tire kickers. Yeah, it, it just it fixes the the whole idea of writing those proposals that make no sense that you're just gonna throw away. Why spend that much time? And you know, we've had those, right? It, it's it's standardized your presence and it makes you look professional. This is what it is. This is our process, and we know it works. I've been around it for long enough to do this. That's our process, and if that's not floating your boat, we're not the agency for you. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm definitely okay with that. We're working with clients who do use this process as like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's, it's almost like a power move to have that self-confidence to say like, okay, this isn't for you. I'm not going to change the way my business operates to land this client or land this project. Instead, you could have that inner confidence. This is how we built our business. This is what we know works best. This is what provides the most value for us, for our clients and for our clients' customers. So we'd be fools to do anything but our known process that we love and enjoy. So great. Let's not work together, dear client. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's, I think agencies getting over that is the biggest yeah. thing. I think if you are for, like forced down, like this is what we do, whatever that is, right? I think the worst you can do is have a mixture of absolutely everything, you know, bucket of hours, hourly, this, retainer. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't make you efficient whatsoever. You're trying to pick up all the things you can. Now, the caveat is if you're first starting out, you don't have a book of, you know, who to call. Sure. For the first two years, mm-hmm. go get everything possible and then trim it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we all did for a very long time, but at some point you have to be confident in what you do in the process you do to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full, full agreement for me. 
Yeah. Um, let's talk about road mapping because I, you know, for us that we kind of differentiate from, you know, our whole overarching is weigh in, but we do discovery in it. We do road mapping. We do technology review, business review. So we do a lot of things. It's about mm-hmm. road mapping. Um, I think this is the the way I got into doing the, the things we do um, from, uh, I think you, Ben and, and, and Brennan, like going, Hey, this is the road mapping is the thing get into it because that's the best way to do this for that two week or three week project. Our, our typical weigh-ins are two months. Um, nice. but there, there's reasons for that, um, on a bigger scale, but what's about road mapping? Um, why, how, you know, all the things <laughs> with my approach to road mapping or sort of my mental flavoring of it. I often think of it as collaboration with a client to backwards plan from where they want to be to where they currently are. And then thinking through that in terms of, okay, so what's the first project need to be to move us in the direction of this overarching goal? What's the second project need to be? What does the client need to think about over, you know, the coming three, six, 12 or 24 months to be moving in that direction consistently? And so I'll often enter into a road mapping project through this strategic lens, just a big picture, understand where they're building towards. And then offer them a roadmap of, okay, like if you want to, I'm working on a project like this right now, actually, if you want to 10 extra traffic in the next decade, great. The first step is going to be doubling it. This is what it's going to take to double it past that. It's a little murky. We can't quite read the tea leaves, but it's going to have the general shape and form of this structure. And so as you think about this goal, these are the checkpoints. These are the gates you're going to be passing through. And this is what you need to start with past that. Eh, we can't quite predict it. We're going to need to get past that first gate, but this at least gives you a roadmap for what you need to be considering, what you need to be thinking about, the resources you need to be allocating over these coming years. So I love it just because it gives me, it might give my colleagues or my contractors or the client this top-down perspective on what it will take to actually approach that objective. Because without this roadmap, it's like saying, hey, you know what? I want to work up to lifting, you know, squatting 500 pounds, but I kind of don't have a workout plan. I don't have a nutritionist. I don't eat well. I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to get started. And like, you will get somewhere. You will see some improvement, but you won't be moving towards your true goal. And so again, I just like it because it gives me that big picture clarity and then lets me figure out, okay, what do we need to do to get from here to there? It's the next step. It's chunking into little tiny pieces. Yeah. Uh, and I think, especially in the e-commerce world, it's all about the margin, right? And how can we increase that margin? So it gives you a nice, actionable kind of road of like, this is what we can do. Not only for marketing, but, you know, we do a lot of very heavy technology-based stuff. So from that perspective, um, it just helps people do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, roadmaps are good. Discoveries, especially paid discoveries. Don't don't skimp on them. Um, True. But also, like, just thinking through this, I think that if a client is paying for the discovery for an actual audit, discovery, all those things, it's better work product because you're putting time and money and you're dividing it. Like, a, a consulting firm is busy, especially in this world. You have to chunk out, a, you know, with people, actual people to take them off. Like, I'm investing in your business. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of those like give and take type things. Now, are we going to do more work, you know, than we're really paying us? Yeah, absolutely. And the value is going to always be so much bigger, but we still need to get paid for this because it's our time. So it's, it's definitely interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, uh, 
again, like as those objections around paying for it come up, it could be a sign that, oh, this isn't even a project to consider or, oh, this isn't even a client I want to consider. So even if like, you know, somebody listening is saying, I don't really want to deal with folks objecting to paying for a strategic discovery. Well, I think you're going to end up in a bad spot because you're still going to be dealing with those same low paying clients. So having this as the starting point at least communicates, I value my time. I know what I'm worth. This is how we could get started working together. And some folks will raise their hand and say, of course, that makes sense. Why, why wouldn't I pay you for strategic insights on my problem and my process? And the folks who say, oh, it's not worth paying for, they could go get a free quote from some other provider. Right, right. And that's a big, I think one of the biggest problems from that is, is that clients that are looking for just quotes, they're only going after, like it's a huge red flag because they're only looking at the lowest number without looking at the total cost of work or development. Like we've seen this over and over. A client goes with the cheapest person they get, but it takes them five years to do something instead of actual person where it's the same thing with hourly, right? You know, you have a developer to, that charges $500 an hour, but does something in an hour, but you try to get 10 developers at, you know, $100 an hour and they take a week. Well, what's cheaper? Mm -hmm, <laughs> idea of this is why i also think we can have a whole conversation about hourly is like i think hourly is wrong because it it dings people who know this how to do things fast and our experience and it, it just dings them down and that just yeah. not okay with me so there's that <laughs> yeah. yeah so it, it's so interesting because like how to say this from the client side I understand their objections to road mapping. I understand their objections to fixed price. Like, I this is a lot of money. What am I paying for? What am I getting? Or, oh, you want to charge fixed price for this 100% upfront? Can I just, you know, pay hourly and see the work product over time? I completely get it. Those are realistic uh, questions to ask or expectations to have. But when we zoom out, I think it starts to make more sense. Everything lines up and we start to see, oh, when it's hourly, the incentives aren't aligned. If it's a free quote for a roadmap, uh, I don't have enough knowledge to actually quote you effectively. And hey, we're going to get to the point where, oh, that quote was wrong. It's going to cost twice as much. So by acknowledging the need for these investments, by acknowledging the value, I think it sets the client up for success. And at least it gives them a clear idea. Oh, it's going to cost money. This is how much it'll cost. And after the roadmap, we'll have a general idea of what the project will cost. So now we could more effectively budget for it instead of, oh, it's two devs, they're 30 an hour, it'll only take 50 hours, and then it turns out to take 5,000 hours. It only will take five hours. Yeah. I mean, sure, sure that will, because those estimates are always correct. Um, mm -hmm. um, as much as I love developers and stuff like that, they're terrible at estimating. <laughs> um, they are. They just are. Um, it's true. Well, Kai, thank you for the conversation. Uh, before I ask you last question of the episode, um, you're welcome to plug all your stuff. I know you have an amazing daily newsletter that uh, everybody should subscribe to, but go ahead, plug in your fun. Absolutely. So two things I'd love to share with the audience. The first is I've written a book about road mapping. I call it Quick Start Road Mapping. And the goal is to help people, you know, crack it open and say, oh, I understand the road mapping concept. And Kai's included all these resources like a questionnaire or a meeting agenda just so I could plug them into my existing business and start selling road mapping, if not today, maybe tomorrow or the start of the coming week. So if you want to learn a little more about that, you could go to kaidavis.com forward slash road mapping. And uh, I'm pretty sure there'll be a link in the show notes. Am I right on that? Correct. Excellent. Go get and, it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. 
The second resource I'll quickly mention here is uh, my daily newsletter. I send out a daily tip on marketing, growth, and lead generation for you know freelancers, independent consultants, and agency owners, the service professionals out there who are doing the great work and helping their clients succeed. So if you want to learn how to get more clients and grow your business, I recommend you head on over to kydavis.com and sign up on the form in the front page and you'll get my uh, next letter in your inbox tomorrow. I highly, highly recommend it. All right, Kai, last question of the day. What is the last thing you bought online? Oh, oh, this is a good question. I have to think on this. It was, I think it was an Amazon. Oh, I remember what it was. This morning I ordered my favorite tuna off of Amazon, the Wild <laughs> Planet Skipjack. I get like four cases of it every two months. Delicious stuff. I'm a, on one of the paleo diets. And so it just is delicious. It is fantastic. Well, Kai, thank you for coming on. Uh, and you can find Kai on everything, kaidavis.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. In the Ring is produced and edited by me, John Suter, with production assistance from Brittany Blackman. The show is a production of Sumo Heavy, an e-commerce consulting firm with offices in Brooklyn, New York, and Philadelphia. If you like what you've heard, head over to iTunes and give us a rating. And finally, if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for show topics or guests, Hit us up on social media channels at Sumo Heavy. If you'd like to learn more about Sumo Heavy, find us on the web at sumoheavy.com. That's it for now. We'll see you next week in the ring.